Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I am extraordinarily pleased because I have my first guest from Sri Lanka. Jehan Jiratnam has joined us quite a bit later than uh, the time I am sitting at here in Houston, Texas. But Jehan, first of all, welcome and thank you for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you so much, Tom, for inviting me. Yes, it's quite uh, great to be your first guest from Sri Lanka and I look forward to this conversation. So Jehan, could you start off by telling the audience a little bit about your professional background? Sure, Tom. So Tom, I primarily am a a management accountant. I'm qualified from a management accounting qualific- professional qualification from the Chartered Institute of Management Accountants in the UK, after which I was also served in a bank, then joined Quitty Knowledge Partner. So could you tell us what is or was your role as the head of compliance services at Acuity Knowledge Partners? Sure. So my current role in Acuity Knowledge Partners is I uh, maybe I'll just give a quick background. I joined Equity Knowledge Partners around uh, 15 years ago as an uh, investment research analyst. This is after a career in corporate banking, and I was a banking analyst. Subsequently, managed teams around equity research, etc. And in Equity Knowledge Partners, I head up the compliance services business. And Equity Knowledge Partners is the largest knowledge process outsourcing firm, one of the largest knowledge process outsourcing firms across the globe, supporting almost around 300 clients with around 3,000 analysts across a range of functions, uh, investment research, investment banking, commercial lending, and compliance services being one of them. So I lead the compliance services business division for equity knowledge partners, and we support clients around a range of regulatory and anti-financial crime surveillance areas. Jahan, you used a term that many of my listeners may not be familiar with, and that term is knowledge processing. How would you describe knowledge processing? Yes. So I think the knowledge processing is the distinction from a business processing, a BPO point of view versus a knowledge processing point of view is where you have resources who will be supporting based on a particular specialized knowledge, which is more than just a simple rules-led process. This would be an area where you would require analytics and judgment requirement, along with domain understanding and subject matter expertise also coming into play. So that's where we would consider knowledge process outsourcing function or offshoring function being different to a business process outsourcing, outsourcing offshoring function, which would be very straightforward and streamlined rules-led kind of workflows. So in doing my research for this podcast, it appeared your work is a mixture of both regulatory compliance, and anti-corruption compliance. Are there other types of compliance or is it really something different? No, it's. I think you're pretty right. I think if I was to give a quick overview of the areas of compliance support that we provide from a regulatory point of view, the regulatory point of view, we provide support. We break our business down into four pillars. We have around 120 analysts supporting around 20 to 25 clients. And The pillars are we have a corporate compliance unit, which is largely around monitoring and surveillance uh, of communications, email surveillance, personal trade monitoring, code of ethics surveillance, also marketing material reviews or distribution compliance, as we know. Then we have another vertical, which we call the investment compliance and trade surveillance. This is largely 
around supporting our clients around the areas of investment guideline, guidelines management or guidelines coding, post-trade monitoring, pre-trade monitoring, and trade surveillance from a market abuse perspective. Then we have another area which is more around the anti-corruption or financial crimes area. We support clients largely around the enhanced due diligence for client onboarding, KYC as we know it. Also transaction monitoring from a money laundering, anti-money laundering perspective and support around analytics for model building and model testing for anti-money laundering purposes. Then we also have a new area of support, which we call the forensic testing or the forensic compliance unit, which is started recently. This is looking at more of a holistic view, taking taking a more data science approach to compliance and uh, supporting our clients who are based onshore, which would be the key markets, be it US, UK or Hong Kong. Look at their data sets in a more holistic fashion and probably carry out testing, data compliance testing or building dashboards to be able to look at trends of breaches or behavior patterns, etc. So this would be the overview of how we support our clients. One of the reasons I was intrigued to visit with you is because of your professional background from the Chartered Accounting yes, and then your work in the bank. Obviously, it's very different than my professional background, and I'm trained as a lawyer. So I wanted to ask you if you could give a few thoughts as to, because of your professional background and and your banking work, what does that allow you to bring in terms of knowledge processing from looking at data? Is it because in your profession, you're used to looking at data and drawing conclusions from it, as opposed to a lawyer who may look at data and not understand it or look at something else completely different? And I was just Wondering if you could talk about that professional background and how that makes you a little bit different than someone like me. Sure. I think where I come across is I, I come through my banking experience did give me exposure to the AML KYC areas because I've been through the whole client onboarding pains, etc. But apart from that, my experience more came, came more from the knowledge process outsourcing area where we were able I was experienced in understanding clients' requirements, understanding work processes and helping clients to basically figure out how to go about offshoring functions and also building a business around it. So based on my experience around working in investment research, setting up teams, setting up transitions, etc., I was asked to lead this group, which was a growth area for us about five years ago, because I my understanding of knowledge process outsourcing and being able to understand the process and then build a team, identify the professionals that we require to build a team around it, and build the business around it was where the experience came from me. I would say that how we differ from you is, I think it's more about execution of the project versus the policy regulation interpretation is not an area that I'm familiar with. So that I have people in my group who have that experience, who have done that. And I combine that with people like myself and others who are good at understanding how to build a process that can support our clients in a streamlined, efficient manner from a cost point of view as well as a productivity point of view. Jahan, the anti-corruption compliance law in the United States is, of course, the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, and that's largely enforced by the United States Department of Justice. Last year, they released an update to their suggested best practices around a compliance program, and one of the key insights was that they wanted chief compliance officers to have access to data and then interpret that data and use that interpretation to make their compliance program stronger. That sounds like to me uh, almost exactly 
uh, what you at uh, Knowledge Acuity Partners are doing with your knowledge processing. You're taking the data, you're looking at the data, assessing it, seeing if there's a gap that needs remediation, or using insights to improve an overall compliance program, whether it be AML, whether it be anti-corruption, whether it be trade sanctions, or anything else. Would that be a fair assessment? To an extent, I think. So I think we would continue to be guided by the chief compliance officer of identifying how to go about identifying that data, et cetera, and interpreting that particular requirement from the regulation. But what we bring about is we help our clients by creating a resource or creating a team which is dedicated to them and work as an extension of their team made up of compliance professionals, made up of technology professionals, and maybe data scientists who will basically be able to execute what they require from an offshore platform versus probably having them on an onshore platform or having to basically work with them, keeping them on your roles onshore, et cetera. So that would be the kind of support we would do. We don't currently do this on an independent basis. We work as an extension of the client team. Client team or what we call our client teams who are based in the locations like in the US or UK would continue to control the process and also own the risk around that process. And we would work under their guidance to carry out that process. So that's a great description, I think, of the range of compliance services you provide. But I was wondering if you could just generally describe the types of clients you have, whether it be banks, whether it be pharmaceutical energy companies, or really anything in between who could who could sure. use your knowledge processing services. Sure. I think so. our primary support is always directed at the financial services firms. As of now, I could say Almost 60% of my client base is asset managers, remaining 30% being banks, split between both investment banks and commercial banks. And then there's a group of corporates included as well, considering all the increased regulations around anti-corruption practices for the corporates like the energy companies, etc. So that would be a, the split of my client base. From a regional point of view, majority of the clients are based out of the U.S., then we have clients in UK and quite a few clients in the APEC region as well. Our delivery centers to support our clients are based out of India, Sri Lanka. We have a center in China, in Beijing, to support more the Chinese language-related requirements, as well as a center in uh, San Jose to support both on the language re- requirements for Latin American region, as well as the real-time support for the U.S. region, etc., so that we are able to cover the 24-7 kind of coverage of support. That's the overview of how we go about supporting our clients. Yeah, I'd like to read a quote I pulled off of the Acuity Knowledge Partners website and then ask you about it. And the quote is, we help to maintain internal controls and help redesign workflow to mitigate inherent and potential risks identified under any policy or regulation. I'd first like to ask you, as part of your knowledge processing, can you help a company look at their internal controls perhaps perform a gap analysis or determine if their internal controls are sufficient for their business? Yes, that's something we can do. We have resources and we have people in our team who have done that, who have worked in that kind of assignment. Quite a few of our team also come from large reputed organizations, the bulge brackets, as you call it, from asset management, as well as a bank's point of view. As I said, majority of my team is based out of India. Quite a few of these have set up large amount, large captives in these locations, so they have had experience around that. So they will be able to support our clients around carrying out gap analysis, understand the existing policies, identify any new risks, 
again working as an extension and working as a support function to the exist uh, the onshore team. So I'd now like to turn to the subject of risk. And you'd already told us that it's obviously up to the client to make the final determination yep. on risk management, but can you provide either help in assessing risk and presenting those risks to the client for a final determination or designing a workflow to help assist and or mitigate risk going forward? We do that to an extent. We wouldn't call ourselves or present ourselves as a pure play consulting or an advisory firm. We don't believe because of the fact that we are not based on show and exposure to the regulator is quite remote in our point of, from our point of view. And we work with, work with the regulator or work through that work with any entity on show through our existing clients. Our advice would be based on our experience of how we support our existing clients and based on our previous experience of where we have worked, etc. So I wouldn't want to push the envelope to say that we are comfortable to be a full-fledged advisory firm. But at the same time, we have been able to provide in the past, we've been able to provide some of our clients ideas of how we have seen certain processes being improved, how processes can be streamlined, how processes can be made more rigorous by adding the required additional resources or maybe adding additional processes to make it more controlled by adding supervisory framework, control frameworks, or adding steps that require additional surveillance, et cetera, to make those processes function better and reduce the risk for the clients on trip. Yeah, and I'd like to turn uh, into the land of the future for a few questions, if I could. We're now, uh, at least in the United States, almost 11 months into the coronavirus health crisis. And I was wondering, has that uh, required you or Acuity Knowledge Partners to change your approach or because you're offshore or for other reasons, you're able to deliver the, basically the same services even in the midst of this global health crisis? Yes. So I think we've been able to continue. For First answer would be that we've been able to successfully support our clients despite the global health crisis in a remote working environment. This was largely because we were a little more prepared after the exposure of uh, we got due to the situation in China, where our, our center there was exposed to the lockdown first, and thereby we were able to prepare for it better in our other location. But having said that, I think the area that we needed to probably continue to improve is understanding how we can support our clients in main, maintaining the compliance culture around it. So one thing that we felt has got most impacted or most most at risk is how to maintain a culture around compliance and how to maintain that culture of compliance that probably worked well in an on-site or an in-office kind of environment. Now, when you have people working in an offshore kind of environment, what more do we need to do to make sure that people continue to remain embedded within that cultural fit? We had a webinar actually sometime in, into the crisis and we had quite a few of our clients as well as other compliance officers who came on board and most of them had the same concern. We are now working in a situation where you're not next door. The compliance officer is not on the floor or not approachable as he was earlier. And you have resources working on their own. And even in your own compliance team is sometimes working on their own, in their own, in their homes, etc. How are we going to make sure that everyone is approachable? How are we going to change the model that there's enough surveillance and there's enough approachability within the compliance function to basically be able to have control and understand what's going on? So that is a change that we have seen and probably needs to get addressed and is evolving as far as addressing is concerned. From a business point of view, I felt that this particular year saw some amount of impact because we saw the compliance 
function as a whole get impacted by the decision making process with regard to maybe budgets deciding whether the expansions can happen because the overall volatility obviously made a immediate clamp down on some of the expansion plans some of the innovation ideas or some of the projects that we had so resulting in some amount of conservative kind of approach with regard to some of the expansions or some of the new initiatives that they took on but on the flip side you still had the work volumes increase simply because the work from home model increased the amount of communications the amount of email communications went up the amount of digital migration to digital increased the amount of distribution compliance related work the volatility the market increased the number of trade alerts so you had an actual crunch on the resources at the same time where that bit of pressure with regard to the resources so we now over the year we have seen that things have eased out a bit normalized a bit and as firms come to grips with the fact that okay businesses are not going to crash business is continuing we need to continue investing in the compliance function and of course the regulatory forbearance that we saw probably is wearing thin now based on what we are hearing from the OCIE etc so we think that going forward the function will continue to see the compliance function will continue to see more investment and more focus as it prepares to go into the new year into the next future years as well jahan i would now like to ask what do you you think your clients and indeed businesses across the globe need to be thinking about around knowledge processing down the road say 2025 and beyond is that a conversation you're having either internally or with some of your clients yes it is it is i mean fundamentally i think you have to think about you are always going to be asked to do more with less and that is a typical challenge that the compliance function is always faced with as much as we add value the firm we also have to sometimes deal with the fact that sometimes we are seen as a cost center so one way that we support our clients is basically providing them the additional bandwidth by creating dedicated customized teams that can support them as an extension of their current team by taking away some of that high volume sometimes low critical sometimes moderately critical workflows that can be done offshore in a much more cost effective and a much more productive fashion freeing up capacity of your onshore teams to basically focus on the rapidly changing regulations and increasing priorities and some of those increasing priorities that might be focused on the future maybe bringing in bringing in new technology or innovating your process etc freeing up that capacity so that is the amount of flexibility this model provides and it also provides the additional benefit of sometimes helping standardize global operations so for example we had some clients where we support where we support who have operations across multiple regions us uk hong kong and you have the situation where you have different non standard processes happening across the different regions but actually if you wanted to increase efficiencies you need to bring it all together to one location and create a center of excellence and we've been able to successfully help clients build those kind of centers of excellence and actually help them streamline the process bring their costs down increase the productivity and efficiency around it etc so those are the benefits i think the some of our clients probably need to start thinking about another big area is obviously the increasing focus towards how we are going to leverage technology how we are going to leverage i mean the basic automation and creating a paperless kind of function is done but how we're going to leverage technology and how we're going to leverage data and how we're going to get your clean up your data and standardize your data to start reducing the amount of typical manual kind of surveillance to more trend based artificial intelligence or machine learning based 
systems to carry out that kind of investigation. So for that, I think we are able to provide those kind of specialized skills for those organizations to build those out as well as add capacity to their existing teams by providing those kind of resources that will work as an extension of their team. So that is where I think it works well. And as I said, the large bracket firms probably have set up centers in these regions, but some of the mid-sized firms, some of the small-sized firms are missing out because they don't have the right amount of scale to set it up in locations like India or China or Costa Rica. And we give them the benefit of actually setting up that in our platform giving you a dedicated engagement, managing all the infrastructure around it, be it IT, be it HR from a managing attrition, all those typical challenges you might have to face with managing a team onshore or offshore. We manage that for our clients and actually help them basically do more with less. So because you're my first guest from Sri Lanka, I was very intrigued by your assessment of the compliance scene in Sri Lanka. And Really in India and perhaps across South Asia, it, it sounds like certainly from a acuity knowledge partners perspective that you are providing a quite a bit of offshoring or outsourcing yes. of compliance services. Is that a fair assessment on, or how would you assess the compliance yes. scene in, in those places? Agreed. I mean, I think from a Sri Lanka kind of point of view, it, it's a small country. It has a very small capital market, just around 280 stocks listed and few are quite, I mean, a small banking sector. So from a compliance professional's point of view for the local sector, there's probably a limited amount of compliance professionals and actually quite a few legal professionals who are in that particular area of expertise as well. But what we have seen over the years is these our locations, Sri Lanka and India, have become hubs for these global players to set up their captives and operations to support offshore locations. Because we actually have a good pool of legal talent, we have a good pool of financially literate talent, and a good pool of technology research, technology talent as well. So you actually are able to, these resources are getting exposure to the global markets by working for firms like us. So they get exposure to work for their clients who are in the US, they get exposure to work for clients in the UK. And these are very smart people who can actually support and add value to their clients and also get exposure to the growing trends in compliance globally, apart from what they see in the home country. Same thing with India. India is a very mature, I would say a much more mature market when it comes to compliance. Obviously, it's a large market as well from a local point of view, but also from a offshoring kind of perspective, it's a humongous market. So the talent pool that you have in the key major cities, be it Bangalore, be it Gurgaon, Pune, etc., or Chennai, you actually have large talent pools of compliance trained, compliance exposed talent working for the large bulge bracket firms, be it asset managers or banks. So actually having those access to those talent, that talent is actually an advantage for some of the firms overseas to actually extend and set up their operations to support their teams on show. So that would be uh, what I see there. Jahan, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted uh, more information on Acuity Knowledge Partners, yourself or really any of the topics you've uh, discussed in this podcast, where could they go? Best places to go would be the our website, www.acuitykp.com. There is the compliance page on that. You can also read about the other areas of support that we provide for our clients. And uh, in that compliance support page, you would find all the areas of support that we have. And if you are interested, please do just 
reach out to us. There's a contact us page. There are a few, also a few sample request pages that you can, if you want to see a sample of an enhanced due diligence report, we can do one for you or share some of our white papers, etc., which will be quite, I, I believe, quite useful and quite interesting for uh, your listeners who might be a potential client. Well, Tahan, I really uh, appreciated you taking the time to visit with me. This has been a fascinating uh, exploration. We're going to link to, of course, the Acuity Knowledge Partners uh, website in our show notes. I wanted to thank you, and perhaps I might be able to call upon you in the future for some additional uh, conversations. Thank you so much, Tom. It was very enjoyable for me as well. Really appreciate you having us on board and look forward to keeping in touch and wish you all the very best and stay safe. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.